Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hello, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Matters. This week, we're going to talk about preaching. Uh, we recently did a survey of topics of our listeners and wanted to see what they wanted us to discuss. And believe it or not, preaching was one of the number one responses that we got. So uh, today we're going to talk about preaching, but specifically, we're going to talk about preaching the whole counsel of God. Uh, and instead of asking pointed questions to you, brother, today what I want to do is I just want to make five general statements about preaching the whole counsel of God. And, and I, don't know, I, I want this conversation just to take us where it wills. Let us know uh, if you agree with the statement, if you disagree with it, and just we'll just let it go from there. Uh, so the first statement uh, that I want to make is that preaching the whole counsel of God will challenge the pastor from preparation to proclamation. Uh, is that a statement you agree with? Oh boy, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it, it's going to challenge you. If you're going to preach the whole counsel of God, you are going to find yourself uh, saying things that you never thought you were going to say, uh, thinking things that you probably never thought you were going to think, and and wrestling with uh, uh, verses and chapters and books that you never thought that you would uh, that you would find yourself wrestling with. Let, let me let me first define what we mean by preaching the whole counsel of God. What 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 does that mean? Well, uh, it actually comes from Acts twenty. Uh, in Acts twenty, Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders. He's on his way out. Uh, he knows that the Lord is 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 calling him uh, to leave Ephesus after he had been there for three years, and that uh, he's going to go on uh, to continue on his ministry elsewhere. Uh, but one of the things that he said to the elders, and I think that he was saying it to um, uh, to prepare them and to admonish them for what kind of uh, ministry they were to have, uh, what kind of proclamation ministry they were to have. He said in uh, verses 26 and 27, uh, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And interestingly, in verse 28, that's where uh, he famously says, Pay a, a careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Now, when I read these verses, I make a connection between uh, declaring the whole counsel of God and paying careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. So the, the way that we pay careful attention to ourselves and to all the flock is by exposing them to all that God has spoken the whole counsel of God, okay? So so that's what pastors are supposed to do. That's what that's what uh, what's one of the foundational aspects of our ministry is that we we uh, pay careful attention to ourselves and to all the flock by holding them up to the standard of all that God has spoken. Now, as I'm preparing the text, as I'm going through books of the Bible, uh, it's going to challenge me. 
<laughs> because there are going to be things uh, that God has said that maybe don't make sense to me. Uh, maybe there are things that I that, that he says that may seem to be held in tension with other uh, places in the scriptures. And I've got to figure out how to reconcile those things. Uh, it's not going to be perfect. In some cases, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as I proclaim the, the scriptures, I want to make sure that my people are exposed to everything that God has said not just particular portions that I like the most. And it's encouraging to know this is not this is a battle you're not fighting by yourself. You know, there's mm-hmm. resources that can help you. There are brothers and other pastors that might be able to speak some insight into helping you with this. So it, while it is a battle, uh, it's a battle worth fighting, and it's one that you will benefit, uh, not just you, but your people will benefit for you fighting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. Uh, statement number two, preaching the whole council forces the pastor to preach things he otherwise might avoid. Uh, so, so when we preach the whole counsel of God, we're, we're unable to hide from those passages that we find uh, difficult, uh, controversial, or even passages that we don't find interesting. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there, there are different approaches uh, to preaching, whether you're talking about verse-by-verse exposition or whether you're talking about uh, topical preaching. Uh, in both cases, you run the danger of avoiding things that you need to say if you're going to preach the whole counsel of God. Let me, let me show how this works. So with topical preaching, you're preaching on specific topics that are there in the scriptures. Uh, hopefully they're there in the scriptures. And, <laughs> and as, you're, uh, as you're preaching this topic, you're going through the scriptures and you're, you're on a treasure hunt. Okay, So you're looking through uh, from Genesis to Revelation as much that you can as you could obviously uh, cover in one message or, or a series of messages, everything in the Bible that is related to that particular topic. Okay, the problem is, of course, uh, there are only so many topics that I can think of. Yeah, and and not only that, there are only so many topics that I want to cover. There are plenty of topics I don't want to talk about. So uh, the the scriptures are in essence run through the filter of me. Yeah. All right. Whatever I uh, am aware of, whatever I uh, want to talk about, you know, and so on. I go through the scriptures and I look to see what fits those those things. So, but by nature, there are things that I'm going to overlook, and there are things that I'm going to miss, uh, whether intentionally or non or unintentionally. Exposition, you have the same thing. Uh, if I'm going to go verse by verse through the scriptures, and I'm just going to talk about that uh, particular form of exposition. Uh, if I am going to go verse by verse through books of the Bible, well, it's going to take a while. Uh, think, for instance, of uh, uh, the uh, contemporary preacher John MacArthur. Uh, he started at Grace Community Church in 1969 over in California, and I believe it was in 2011 that he finished his series on Mark, and with that, he had completed the entire New Testament. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know if I'm guaranteed that many years <laughs> of, of preaching. And mind you, that's just the New Testament. I don't know if he started from Genesis and started working his way through the Old Testament from then. I don't know. Uh, but that's just the New Testament. That's only 27 books. There's 66 that you've got to cover if you're going to do the whole counsel of God. So what that means is, in a typical pastorate, if I'm just talking about the pulpit, there is probably no way that I'm going to make it through the entire counsel of God. I'm going to leave some things out, yeah. okay? But what that means then is I've got to rethink the way that I approach preaching. 
so that I can uh, get people, uh, expose people to all that God has spoken. Uh, that means there are going to be some uh, sermons where I maybe preach the whole book of the Bible, say like something our friend Mark Dever would do. Uh, or there may be some where I can zero in and let's focus on a particular passage here, but I've got to be flexible if I'm going to uh, cover all that God has spoken. The name of the game, though, is we want to make sure that people know everything that God said. And however we do that, whether it is in the preaching or whether it goes beyond preaching into the, the ministry of the word through other avenues in the local church, we've got to make sure that our people know all that God has spoken. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the dangers with topical preaching, one of the things that you just mentioned was just that we, we only have so much that mm-hmm. we want to cover that we can cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we need to remember is that our people don't need to hear us speak. They need to hear God speak. Yeah. And, Preaching the whole counsel of God allows us to do that. Yeah. You know, we can't avoid those those passages that we're uncomfortable with, the, those passages that we may seem unpopular preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, those passages are, are part of the scriptures for a reason, uh, and it would be an injustice if we withheld that from our people. So that's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the third statement I have for you is uh, uh, preaching the whole counsel of God allows the pastor to give his people a steady diet of various books and genres of scripture, something that you kind of alluded to a little bit just ago. Could you kind of expand that a little bit? Yeah. I remember when I was a student in seminary, uh, there was a church. I wish I could remember the name of the church, uh, but uh, there was a church that did a sermon series. And the sermon series, uh, I'll give the name of the series. The series was uh, (laughs) Theobloggins for Your Noggins. (laughs) <laughs> That's very creative. Theobloggins for your noggins. And the series, it was a summer series, where they walked through various uh, books uh, written by Dr. Seuss. And they wanted to bring out the spiritual insights or whatever from Dr. Seuss books. I remember reading that as a student in seminary and wondering, how much am I paying for tuition again? Uh, <laughs> I'm paying thousands and thousands of dollars to, to learn Hebrew and Greek and, and, and all of this. And meanwhile, they're doing series in Dr. Seuss books uh, right down the street. It was, it was a little bit frustrating. I, I thankfully repented and, and recommitted myself to ministry. But, but, <laughs> um, but one of the things that, uh, that I could imagine motivated a series like that is that you have people that just simply are unaware or, or maybe even uh, lack confidence in uh, the, the creativity of God in his word. Yeah, they're malnourished. Oh, my goodness. God has spoken in so many different ways through Scripture. He, he's, he's spoken to us in songs. He's spoken to us in stories. He's spoken to us in Proverbs. He's, he's given us apocalyptic visions that would, that would way trounce you know, the sci-fi that we have in our day. Uh, you know, he's, he's spoken in, in letters, personal letters, church letters, you know, and so on. Uh, the Lord has given us so many different ways of communicating uh, that if we were to spend our time, as we've been talking about, preaching the whole counsel of God, in my opinion, I don't know how anybody could be bored. Yeah. I just don't know how anybody could be bored. Not only that, but we are indeed giving people a steady diet of Scripture and a steady variety of 
uh, in the diet, just like in, in, in our own human bodies. Uh, you know, I remember when when you had the no carb diet, I think it was the Atkins diet, you know, uh, a few years back. And and all of a sudden they realized, you know, you actually need a few carbs. <laughs> carbs carbs aren't totally bad. Or you have people that have a, uh, that, that have done zero cholesterol diets and they realize, you know what, cholesterol is actually pretty good. And of course the on and off again love or hate of of, uh, of eggs. You know, uh, eggs are one day really good for you, the next day they're terrible. Don't do that again. And the next day, you know what, we make we take it back. It was actually pretty good. Um, what what's going on? What what typically happens in, in our with our bodies is uh, we realize that uh, we need to have a steady diet, a variety of things. We need fruits, we need veggies, we need meats, we need, you know, uh, uh, a few breads and grains and so on. You know, we need a diet of all of this. Yeah. And this is the same thing with the scriptures. Uh, I can't spend all of my time reading Paul as much as I love Paul. Yeah. I gotta make sure I, I I read Zephaniah as well. And you're doing your people a disservice not going there. I mean, I yeah. remember growing up in in church. I rarely ever heard sermons on the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how detrimental that was to me uh, until much later. Yeah, you know, when I first discovered the Psalms, I, I thought, man, this is rich. Oh yeah, and this is something I wasn't exposed to early on. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're really hurting your people, and and you actually make an effort to teach guys this in seminary very early. Yeah, uh, in your Bible exposition class, you require. That they they move around a little bit in the genres a little bit. Why is that? Is, why do you do that? Yeah, that it's exactly for this reason. To your point, what you had said before um, about your experience, I've I've had this experience as well. I've 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 been in churches uh, where people have um, have discounted things like depression, uh, uh, you know, despondency, and and so on. Just kind of the melancholy. Uh, seasons of melancholy in the Christian's life. Oh, this is this isn't the way Christians are supposed to live, and so on. Well, have you read the Psalms? Yeah, I mean it's all over the place in the Psalms. You know, uh, folks who have been a bit uh, despairing of life, perhaps. Uh, you know, they they had the dream that life was supposed to be just a day of endless or, or a, a life of endless happiness and joy and so on. And 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 then they hit you know a, a brick in the wall, you know, or a brick wall, and. And, and now they're, they're a little concerned about what life is all about. Hey, have you ever read Ecclesiastes? Yeah. Uh, it's there. You know, these experiences uh, of, of, of life and so on, God has already spoken about these things. He's already given us instruction about these things. So that's one of, th- one of the reasons. I want people, I want our students to know uh, that it's there yeah. in the Bible. We don't have to go. You know, to uh, uh, to other other places to to get an understanding of, of life, you know, and, and all of its idiosyncrasies and so on. God has already given that to us in His Word. Uh, the other thing is, I want people to love the the creativity of God's Word. Mm. Uh, you know, Jesus spoke in parables, and they're beautiful. They're <laughs> they're spectacular. Uh, get into the story. You know, get into, you know, the 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 hunt you know, with David in first Samuel where he's a fugitive running for his life. You know, what's going on in this story? What why does Samuel first uh, Samuel devote half of the book to this? 
what what's going on in here? Uh, you know, and does it have anything to do with once again the enemy's plan to uh, uh, to snuff out the seat of the woman? You know, to make sure that the seat of the woman does not ascend to the throne. Uh, here being David, maybe a little typology there with the son of David. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of these things that are going on. I want my students to read the scriptures and to love the scriptures and all of its color and variety and so on. And to be able to see the variety of life that's there as well, uh, that we recognize the wisdom of our God and, of course, that we would love him more deeply. Yeah, and you see the connections, kind of like what you mentioned with the typology. You, mean, you see that the, the Exodus actually has you know, huge, major implications to the New Testament. Absolutely. You start making those connections and you start formulating good theology by preaching and, and hearing the whole counsel of God. Very, very valuable. So the fourth statement I have for you is preaching the whole counsel of God allows the preacher to maintain some sense of organization in terms of sermons, uh, but also allows him to pace himself a little bit. Now, you alluded a little bit earlier that that, that, that could also be, you know, you could spend a lot of time in the same, you know, in the New Testament years, kind of like you mentioned MacArthur. But for the most part, it kind of helps you pace yourself. You, in other words, if you, if you just preached Romans 1, uh, if you're doing it by book, you know that you're going to be in Romans 2 mm-hmm. uh, the next week. And yeah. so that kind of helps with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it helps your people, too. It helps both you and it helps your people. Uh, for one, what happens when you're when you're going through a book of the Bible is you start to recognize how the book comes together uh, to, to communicate a point. Hmm. All right. Uh, God didn't speak to us in verses. You could probably say that about Proverbs, but pretty much outside of Proverbs, God didn't speak to us in verses. He spoke to us in stories. He spoke to us in letters. He spoke to us in prophetic visions, you know, and so forth. And so as you get a letter, like say, uh, say Romans, as, as we mentioned before, he didn't just give us Romans 1. Yeah. He gave us the letter to the Romans. So how does this letter come together to communicate a point? What what's the point of Romans? Uh, what's and, and then I can see chapter one, but I see chapter one in light of all sixteen chapters, mm-hmm. and even then I see Romans then in light of the sixty six books of the Bible that yeah. make up the entire canon. So I, I like to say there's kind of a twenty twenty vision. Um, and and I'm, I apologize for having made reference to 2020, but uh, but but 2020 in terms of eyesight here uh, you got me uh, triggered now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 2020 vision. So there's the nearsighted. I want to zero in and see what Paul is doing in Romans, and maybe even even you know uh, turn the lens a little bit more so that I can see what's going on in say Romans one, you know, sixteen or Romans one eighteen to thirty two, where he begins to develop the argument about our depravity and so on. But then I want to also have the farsightedness where I'm able to zero out and see how this fits in the larger uh, argument that he's making in the letter to the Romans or what this means, you know, obviously in all of Scripture and, and so on as well. As you are developing those skills of, you know, nearsightedness and farsightedness and so on, uh, teach your people to do the same. Hmm. Show them what's going on in Romans 1. 
Show them how Romans 1 connects to the argument of the, the letter to the Romans. Show how the argument of the letter of, to the Romans fits with the argument of all of Scripture. Okay, uh, Help them to see nearsighted and help them to see farsighted. Uh, it will benefit them tremendously as they start to see how the pieces of Scripture come together uh, to give us a fuller revelation of Christ. Mm, that's helpful. Final observation, statement. Uh, you let me know if it's true or false, make your argument. Preaching the whole counsel of God is one of the most beneficial things a pastor can do for his church's growth and for spiritual formation. Well, if you have the aim for people to love Jesus, and if you have uh, uh, the aim for people to worship the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, what better joy and privilege could you have than to show your people all that he has revealed of himself mm. in the scriptures. I mean, there is no greater privilege. And not only that, but if you have the aim, as Christ gave to us, to make disciples, therefore, uh, not only to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, but to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, then what greater privilege do you have than to open up week after week after week all that God has spoken in the scriptures? You know, one of the great benefits of, of exposition and, uh, and, and, and even what we're talking about here of preaching the whole counsel of God is that we are not only showing people a fuller, perhaps the fullest picture you know, that God has given us of himself, you know, by holding forth Christ in all of the scriptures, okay? Uh, but we're also showing them how to live all of life in light of that, which is also why God has given us the scriptures. So he's given us the scriptures so that we would worship him in all of life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to worship him, I need to know him. He's given us his word all of it okay and to live for him i need to know what that looks like and he's given that to us in all of scripture uh, i wonder if uh, the worship deficiency in our church stems from the fact that we haven't been exposed to all of scripture hmm. and i wonder if the um, the discipleship deficiency in our churches uh, that, that we're not we're not living fully for the glory of god i wonder if that is in part because we don't know exactly what that means, and namely because we haven't seen through all of Scripture uh, what the Lord requires of us uh, as his people. Uh, you have the opportunity as the shepherd to lead and guide your people uh, to worship the Lord in all of life. Mm. And the way that we do that, first and foremost, is we've got to preach the whole counsel of God. Show them all that God has revealed of himself in the scriptures. Show them all that he's required of us in the scriptures, that we may walk more faithfully with him in all our days. Absolutely, man. One of the most beneficial things uh, for me was last year, our church actually walked through the whole Bible. Mm. Uh, our pastor preached through the whole Bible uh, with the you know the the motivation of we're going to find Jesus in the scriptures and we're going to see it. that Christ is the center of the scriptures and and one of the most uh, just helpful things through that process was while our pastor was going through the Bible 
we were also reading the Bible as a church. We had a, a reading excellent. plan where we were given um, an Old Testament book, a New Testament book, and uh, a psalm or a Proverbs to read daily. And, man, that was just super helpful for me. And so I don't know if, if you're a pastor. Maybe that's something that might be helpful for you as you as you pursue this. But uh, that's definitely helpful and allows the church just to see those connections and see uh, and hear what God has to say in his in, in His scriptures. And so yeah. uh, last question, mm-hmm. uh, any books that you recommend for pastors that have said, man, I've, I've heard these statements that you've made and I'm sold. I want to pursue this. What, what, would, what, what's some, what are some books that would help with both sermon preparation and then the actual preaching? Yeah, well, there are definitely uh, different books that we can uh, that that we can recommend. For instance, Scott Gibson wrote a book called uh, "Preaching with a Plan," uh, which deals with uh, strategies. Uh, if you're going to preach uh, through a book of the Bible, it's good to map it out and mm-hmm. think through. You know, what am I going to cover? Uh, how am I going to uh, break up the passage, uh, break up the, the the book of the Bible for people to work through? Um, and so, you know, that's a, a more practical. Uh, book for thinking through uh, thinking through those things. Uh, I believe it was Andrew Reed and Tim Patrick who wrote a book called The Whole Counsel of God, uh, Why and How to Preach the Entire Bible. That's a fantastic book. Mm. Um, uh, there was also uh, Julius Kim who yeah. wrote the book uh, Preaching the Whole Counsel of God, uh, which is another fabulous book. That's a great book for, for term prep as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you have some, uh, some of the older heads, you know, uh, uh, kind of the older generation, uh, folks like Graham Goldsworthy, uh, who's written uh, extensively on preaching, Sidney Gradanis uh, as well, uh, who's written uh, a lot on that, Brian Chappell uh, with his Christ-centered preaching. Uh, he uh, talks a lot about uh, thinking about how the scriptures connect to the larger story of what God is doing uh, in Christ. Uh, you've got plenty of, of, uh, of sources uh, like those I highly recommend. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that this is what we're called to do. Uh, and so those books will definitely help you in that regard. Thank you, brother, for this conversation. And thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. It is our mission as the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors in whatever form of ministry they find themselves in. And we hope we've done that today with our conversation. Ah, uh, yes. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.